Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. We're on Season 4, Episode 33. Tonight's the sports episode, Andy. Yes. All, all sports, lots of things to cover. Today is June 26th, 2023. We've got baseball, College World Series, Major League Baseball, the NHL Draft, the USFL Football Semifinals, and some subsequent championship. Yep. Lots going on. Lots of stuff. Lots. Well, let's and- start off with the... Trivia question. Hit it. I hope this doesn't impact your 80s stat of the week, but it relates to the 80s in baseball. Okay. Something we something we love and adore here on the show, right? Yes, and long for. We long for it. Yeah. We yearn for the 80s stats. Yes. And between the years 1980 and 1991, Ricky Henderson led the American League in stolen bases. <laughs> Every single year except one. Every year. He was the stolen base leader from 80 through 91 right. with one exception. Does anyone know the answer to that? That's the that's the question. Which year wasn't he the okay. leader? Meaning uh, he could have finished you know, second through uh, eighth place or tenth place or right. something. He just was not the first. He just did not lead. Right. So we'll get that back at the end of the show. But that is a right. stat in and of itself. That, yeah. Jesus. Key to man. All right. Let's get into. Uh, I got some into stuff. stuff here. There's lots to cover. Well, what's that? And I'm just going to get right into the, the elephant in the room here. People who follow the show know us. Yes. The New York Mets. New York Mets will be covered first. Okay. Not, not doing well. Um, on my personal Facebook page yesterday, I, uh, Expressed my uh, my displeasure with how they were playing. Displeasure, yes. After listening to them, my displeasure. Hopefully, hopefully uh, how they had a nice big lead and flushed it down the toilet. Um, so let's just go to a couple of Mets stats where we get the rest of the baseball stuff here. Last year, took them the game one thirteen to get the fortieth loss. This year, took them the game seventy four. Seventy four. So not doing quite as well. But also last week, Eduardo Escobar, they traded him to the Angels. Oh, I did not know that. for some minor leaguers. Escobar. Uh, Angels, I'm sorry, go ahead. Escobar was traded. Yes. So that opens up. That means Beatty is the third baseman now. Um, also, the Angels made another trade also uh, after they lost to the after they crushed the Rockies, they took away their players too. You know, not only did you beat the kid up, you took his girlfriend too. But and their lunch money. Angels are kind of loading up for a little bit, uh, trying to get some players. But the Mets, I don't want to say they're in sell mode by getting rid of it, by getting rid of them, but they're getting ready to maybe freeing up some space. Who knows? Just a reminder: Pete Rose bet. Made the first bet for sports betting legally in Cincinnati at the beginning of the year for the Reds to win the World Series. Oh, perfect. You know what? He had to do that, I'm sure. And, but you know what? If the Reds pull it off and he gets bank on it, I don't think he's going to care if he makes the Hall of Fame anymore after that. He'll just, you know, oh, he'll care, awesome. but you know what I'm saying? It'll make it a little easier. That could. They're the surprising team this year. You never know. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I got a couple more baseball things I want to bring up here. 
And there it is talking about how the Angels won a game 25 to 1 against the Rockies, but lost two and three games. And Rawls scored 32 to 12. They outscored the Rockies 32 to 12, but lost two of the three games. And lost the series, but put up a 25 spot. Yes. Wow. So, mm, yeah. Now it looks like the Twins, if, you know, if the season was to end today, the Twins would play the Angels in the first round of yes. the playoff, right? Yeah. And the Angels, again, every time they, they had these great stats or they go, and they always put Otani or, or Trout in the picture because they, they're the whipping boys. Yep. Oh, Otani pitched 15 strikeouts and in seven innings, and Trout had three homers, and they still lost. I mean, those two can't do anything right in those teams, and that's why I wish. And then the Angels are getting ready to lose one, if not both of them, this year, and going, we just can't do this. You know, it's a tough. It's a they're in a, it's a conundrum to have two great stars, yeah. big money, and then have nothing really else, but, and then you try to win. Yeah. Yeah. Here is the standings. Let's hit it. AL East. The Rays, this is as of this morning, so the games going on now tonight are not affected here. There's the Red Sox. A game above 500 in last place. Tampa and Baltimore kind of running away with the Yankees nine and a half out. That kind of makes me feel good. See, Boston's got a 40-39 and 39 record last place. In the Central, 40-39 is first place. Yep. It's just like reading the USFL standings. Yep, yep. If you look again here, look at the, let's look at the run differentials. Let's kind of keep an eye on those as we go through here. So everybody in that division is all plus. The Twins are plus 34 with a game above 500, so that's not bad. But the Guardians two games out, but they're, they're getting their stuff together. We'll see. Tigers, the Motor City Kitties, Sox, and the Royals. The Rangers, they're kind of starting to walk away. Even though they've lost two in a row, they're no one else in that division did over 500 in the last 10 games, so they still made up ground. The Angels are five games above 500. Who would have thought that one? The Mariners are kind of a surprise to me. I thought they'd be doing better, but the season is not over yet. But the Mariners two games below 500, and a plus 24 in win or, uh, run differential. National League East, Marlins, nine games above 500, negative 15 in run differential. Hmm. Just kind of show, just kind of having fun with that stat, how it's they post it. It's like all these other stats they come up with, it means absolutely nothing. Because mm -hmm. making the playoffs is based on wins and losses. Not on your war or your batting average on rainy days as a left-handed right fielder playing or whatever stat they come up with. The Mets, the way I look at now with the Mets right now, they're five games behind the Phillies. One at a time. Yep. Just finish ahead of the Phillies, and I'm happy. The Central, there they are, the Reds, first place. It's only a half game, but you know what? You only need a half game to win the division, so there they are. And It'd be fun to watch that. No. They're four, four games above. Negative run differential. Cubs two games below, 32 plus. I saw a good quote by Jim Cott uh, yesterday. Yeah. 
uh, said that in Major League Baseball, uh, this was on the Dave Shama website, uh, said you, you really want to be in the Central Division. It doesn't matter if you're in the uh, National or the American League, but if you're in the Central, that's where you want to be because uh, it's a lot of average, a lot of very average yep. teams. You know, and the Pirates started out well at the beginning of the year, and now look, they're just kind of coming back to earth. Really thought there would be something, but that's a short stop on DL, so we'll see. And, you know, we've got by the next time we do our next show next week, uh, the, the season will be half over. And so yep. now we're, you know, we're at the, we'll be heading into the third quarter here uh, next week. Yep. And the oh. West, there's the Diamondbacks, two and a half up still, still holding on. Giants, eight and two in the last 10, making a run. And there's everybody else. The wild card standings. Wild card. Orioles, Yanks, Blue Jays. Astros are half game out, and the Angels one game out for the last wild card spot. And the National League, it's Marlins, Giants, Dodgers. Brewers three out, and the Phillies three out for that last wild card spot. So that's how those sit. Okay, now these aren't really 80s stats. These are things that happened in the 80s. It's a little tweaked this week, but stuff I like. Okay. okay. June 24, 1979, Ricky Henderson debuts with the A's and picks up two hits on a stolen base. Oh, nice. Speaking of Ricky, Ricky being Ricky. I saw this quote when I was looking up stuff for Ricky Henderson today, and you got to laugh. Legend has it that one time somebody quoted John 316 to Ricky Henderson, and he said, Ricky, don't want to hear about John hitting 316. Ricky hitting 330. <laughs> so, I have heard that one before. <laughs> you got to love Ricky. Oh. Uh, he did. He was a base coach for the Mets for a couple of years and worked out in the minor leagues. He's worked with the A's in their minor league system. Um, done a good job there, but just coaching just wasn't his thing. He likes helping out, kind of like, like a Paul Mollitor still helps out at Twins spring training and stuff. I think Ricky still goes to the A's spring yeah. training to help out. Okay. But he's not officially on a staff. Jim Palmer, Hall of Fame pitcher. Only pitcher to win a World Series game in three different decades. 60s, 70s, and 80s. Never gave up a grand slam. Never gave up back-to-back -back homers. Now that is interesting. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but you look at when Palmer played. Never gave up back-to-back -back homers. I plug the next guy afterwards anyway, so there, you know. Yeah, it could be. But the Grand Slam itself and the World Series stat of even getting yep. to a World Series, being on a team, but yep. to win it and to get the win as the pitcher in one of those games at least. And I believe he was with the Orioles that whole time too. Oh, so man. he jumped teams all I the time and popped around, but yeah. So that's a pretty interesting stat. NHL, uh, their warm-up jersey for Pride Night, they're not going to have that next year because okay. there's so many controversies, so many players saying I ain't doing it. Yeah. Now, they're still going to have Pride Night. They're just not going to make the guys wear the shirts. Part of the quote, uh, Commissioner said, Pride Nights and all specialty nights are here to stay in the NHL. The only change is that players no longer wear themed jerseys in warm-ups. Which is fine. There, that that's a nice compromise. I think you know, yeah. you have all your certain night. Okay, you know, hockey fights cancer, the military nights. Just let them wear the regular jerseys and sell the hat. If you want to sell a jersey like that, great. Don't make the players wear it though. 
Yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. There's always these theme nights, uh, whether they're bobbleheads or a free cap or a free, you know, a, yep. a stocking cap at a Twins game or something. But yep. when it impacts the game itself and what the players on the field are wearing and or doing, it it, it causes uh, distraction. Yeah. You want to focus on the night, I don't care what it is. Uh, you can do it. You can have whatever. But you're starting to focus on the jerseys and the warm-ups and everything else. It, it does cause stress. Even if whether yeah. you agree with it, the concept or the, the focus of that night theme or not, it's still a distraction. Yep. LSU football vacates all wins from 2012 to 2015. Les Miles now ineligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Okay. This is kind of interesting here. LSU has vacated all of its football wins from 2012 to 2015 after a review of violations from the NCAA's Independent Accountability Resolution Panel. The Tigers are vacating 37 wins, including two bowl games, because former offensive lineman Alexander was ineligible for his entire college career. Hmm. Oops. Since LSU vacated 37 wins under Les Miles' era, Miles is no longer eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Prior to the penalty, his record as a head coach, 145 and 73, was at 665. Oh. His official record is now 108 and 73, 597. Candidates have to have a minimum 600 winning percentage. Really? So, and what I can't figure out here, though, okay, they lost the wins, but they weren't turned into losses. They have to vacate the wins, but they don't count as a loss either. So it's okay. like a zero zero. It like, so it doesn't flip his win loss record. It just right. He just loses uh, muddies, the wins. Muddies it up, uh, dilutes it. Now it's not as good yeah. as it was before. But fair enough, you were playing with an ineligible uh, lineman, and well, that is what it is, I guess. And if they made them losses, he'd be below five hundred. Yeah, he'd be one hundred eight and one ten. So, and that's what's weird. The guy played for two years, but taken away four years of records. So. <laughs> bison time. Okay. You talk some bison stuff here. First of all, some bison wrestling. I don't have all the names here because I had them started and then I had one of the interns doing stuff on the computer and you lost it. So I oh, apologize sure. for the names. If you look up Big 12 wrestling where the bison are, they've had a lot of guys from their school transfer to Iowa, to Oklahoma, transferring out of NDSU to other programs. So. Not bad for one of them small schools that nobody likes. Also, undrafted free agent Hunter Umke could now be one of the bigger wild cards in the entire rookie class for the Cowboys. This is off the Dallas Cowboys Facebook page. Hunter, right. as you know, was a running back at NDSU. Now he's going to be one of them Cowboys. So you can follow the Cowboys on their social and media. We, you know, we players. brought his name up on the preview show for the NFL draft. Yeah, as a guy to watch, a, a player to kind of follow along, and um, should be good. Yeah, if he didn't get drafted, you know he get he was good getting invited to a camp anyway. Yes. Now, is he going to be a fullback? Is sure is he be the next Daryl Johnston? Probably not. I'd like to see it, but I'm not, you know, investing on it. But he's a good kid, good player. It's good experience for him. Best of luck to that small college boy, because you know those small colleges don't count. Boys and girls basketball at the Sanford Pentagon down in Sioux Falls for a tournament to start the season. The Bison will be down in Sioux Falls playing Creighton 
on November 6th. Um, that ticket information will be announced later. The game takes place the day after Alabama and Baylor on the 7th. So you want to go see some good women's basketball. Uh, the Bison, I think they made the NIT last year. Uh, pretty good basketball team. Auburn and Baylor speak for themselves. So if for some reason you want to go to Sioux Falls in November, catch a couple of basketball games. Wow. Some local news. Taking a page out of the local news stations here for considering this local news. NBA draft with a Minnesota tie. Miami Heat drafted Jamie Jaquez Jr. His mom is from northern Minnesota. That kind of makes him one of us. Brooklyn, New York is where the story comes from. Former UCLA, which will now be in the Big Ten, so really one of us now. Yes. I uh, was drafted by the Miami Heat, the 18th overall pick on the NBA draft Thursday. There was likely cheering coming from western Minnesota by the Fargo-Moorhead area. Um, his mom grew up there. Uh, they do come back every now and then. She said, quote, Angela says she passed Minnesota toughness onto her son. Wow. So that's that's really interesting. interesting. Watch for this it's young fun. man. He's one of us. His mom was one of us. He's got Minnesota blood in him. Dan's favorite part of the show. Yes, I'm looking forward to this uh, specifically today. Now, Major League Baseball, they're trying to make fans want to come back to the game. We all want to go to the game where we could sit and enjoy ourselves. Have a good time. Major League Baseball wants to try to bring it back. It's one thing you can do to bring it back, Major League Baseball. Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Oh, yes. Morgana. If you bring her back, fans will show up. TV ratings will skyrocket. Morgana, for you young folks who don't know, she was a healthy gal. <laughs> um, she'd run onto the field. And you see Nolan Ryan was sucking. The players all had a good time with it, uh, kind of. You'll find out later. They had a good time with it. She could give him a kiss, and then the police would escort her off. It was a hoot. She did yeah, more that than was her shtick. Yep. She traveled all stadiums. It wasn't like always at one stadium. It was Fred Lynn, Nolan Ryan, Mattingly. Got George Brett twice. I think George Brett's proposing to her there. I'm not sure. Um, maybe he swallowed his chew. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> she did get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in basketball a couple times too, but she'd come on, give a kiss, all kind of on a dare to start with and everything else. Morgana, her birthday, July 4th. Of course, we covered up the year because we don't mention ages or rates for gals. We in the don't show. do that, yes. No. Morgana, the kissing bandit in baseball and other sports from 69 through 99. Uh, also billed as Morgana the Wild One when she appeared as a dancer in the 80s. Not sure where she danced at. If she maybe like you know, dancing with the stars or something. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, she'd rush on the field and many occasions kissed Major League ball players, including Nolan Ryan, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, George Brett twice, Steve Garvey, Len Barker, Kelvin Jr. She's been described as baseball's unofficial mascot and the grand dame of baseball. She also also crashed some NBA games where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was one of her most notable victims. Her on-field career began August 1969. 
She rushed the field at Crosley Field, Cincinnati, and kissed Reds player Pete Rose. She was prompted by a friend to dirty double dare me to do it. She goes, where I'm from, you don't turn down a dirty double dare. <laughs> at least not when you're a teenager. Rose's reaction was with, quote, terrible language, quote. But the next night, he tracked her down, quote, at a local night spot where I was appearing as a dancer and apologized to her with a bunch of roses. She obtained the nickname The Kissing Bandit from a Cincinnati sports writer who announced her arrival with the headline, Bandit Steals Kiss from Pete Rose. Oh, excellent. I did not know that story. No, see, just something fun like that. She doesn't have to be a plant. Don't go, ooh, Saturday Night Baseball on Fox. I wonder what's going to happen. It just happened. You let it happen. You let these things happen naturally. This is what baseball needs to come back. That's my soapbox baseball. Bring back the yeah. simple things from the past. Yes. And your homework, Dan, would something like Morgana work in the Crow River Valley League, in the DRS? Wow. In, in the Great over 50 question. league? In the over 50 league, you need a Morgana to come out and draw fans in? Yes. So your homework is to find the new Morgana for our local town ball teams. Well, we're, we've you know we're trying to push the super fan uh, yes you know, concept here in the next couple of weeks uh, at yeah. the Pearl River. Get the super fans. We've interviewed the super fan in the NFL, and uh, what these teams may need is a is a kissing bandit on some of these teams and some of these leagues. There are no security we know in the over thirty five or the over fifty in town ball. Uh, you can certainly run out there and run yeah. off, and it could be harmless display of fun and no one would care you're right no one would care and so it doesn't take up any time it doesn't uh, distract things to some extent i guess you know it, it would all be in good fun now we might have to let the wives and girlfriends in on it that it's just a bit it's just for fun it's just a shtick that yeah, is so no good. I, I like that we could come up with some names for potentials for something like this uh, in, a, in a few weeks. I'm sure the players uh, and families would know much more about this uh, than, than, um, than us here in our 50s, but maybe um, we could. You know, who knows? Turn back the, the history of the game into the modern times. It's a historical thing, yes. Yes. I think we'd be all in good humor, good fun, and not at every game. A couple, three times a year have it happen. You know, has to be the whole point of this was the randomness about it. You never yes. knew when, you never knew what game. It wasn't 162 games. I maybe she popped up at you know 20 games half a dozen times a year, and uh, wasn't always at a certain stadium. She kind of traveled around. Um, kind of was always the star player though, which is the the only kind of things she had going it wasn't yeah she she did have to wait till the star was out on the field or at bat um yeah you know, that's when so she had to wait timing so. was of utmost importance so very interesting concept i did like uh yeah, joey gallo would not have a worry if he was on and it always made these men these big superstar tough guys super embarrassed i mean it really uh as it was an embarrassing yeah. thing um they liked it of course they loved it but it was what do you, it's hard to react what yeah. do you do you're surprised by it. You're not ready for it, and all eyes are now on you. So it made it, it made it interesting. The reaction. 
It was just well, the best thing was the security did nothing about it. Security did nothing about it. Let her come out, do her bit, then kindly walk her off the field. You know. Well, in that, well, that in those was, days, you know, the security were the ones that say, "Hey, I wanted to be part of that." If she was at my stadium, I want to be yeah. the guy hauling her off so my picture's in the paper or something the next day. Uh, you know, as I'm politely escorting this lady off the field. Politely. And you never know. I mean, was the security aware of it ahead of time? Hey, let her down on the field. We're going to do this. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's that's a great question. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but it would be fun to find out some of the inside scoop. It's, it's been on, it's old enough now that I'm sure she could come out or, or, or whatever. And, you know, talk about, well, no, all she, that she said she's retired the Morgana bit and no, no longer doing press things uh, for it. But what I mean is she it's made, late enough now. Exception. It's old enough now that she could do an interview and say, here's, here's kind of how it worked, you know? She did for Sports Illustrated on the 50-year anniversary of the first one. Okay. But she said, I've retired. It just confirmed my retirement. I'll do this talking about it anymore. Um, I know Connie has reached out to her to be on the show. So, of course. Um, we'll see how that turns out. But we have it reached out to her. I thought maybe it came, if it would be better for Connie than us. So Connie put out a nice little email to her. It's and, very uh, we'll see how, how that comes back, but now that's what I got, sir. So here's I've got some follow-up smaller bits here uh, coming up. What we've got is this: the NHL um, this Wednesday night is the NHL draft. We don't typically cover that too much. We may cover it next week on the show a couple, but we never really cover the NBA or the NHL draft, mainly NFL and, and uh, Major League Baseball. Now, the College World Series is going on tonight, right now as we speak. It is game three there in Omaha, Nebraska, at Charles Schwab Field. It's LSU. These uh, When the season ended, they were ranked seventh in the nation, and Florida Gators were ranked second, number two in the nation. And they're battling it out there in Omaha. It's a best of three. LSU won game one in extra innings. Florida came back to win game two in huge fashion by putting up what 24 25 runs yeah and that that game by florida winning the other day was um there was only one other game in the entire final eight if you will that wasn't decided by one run before that game oh so a, a six to three game in that one so they've all been close games this whole world series very close the final and eight playing tonight for the championship to going on thing, yeah it's going on and lsu has got a sizable lead they could be the champions. Now, USFL finished up. Pittsburgh won their division. Birmingham won theirs. And now Pittsburgh will face Birmingham championship game. Uh, that game is this coming Saturday, 7 p.m. Central time, 7 p.m. Uh, Birmingham has a 9-2 and two record through 11 games. 9-2. and two. They are the best team. I do believe they won it all. Of last year, so they're facing a Pittsburgh team that's five and six. So once again, a team that's under five hundred in the championship game, like the USFL or uh, like the XFL or earlier this spring. You had a team that's less than five hundred in it. Uh, Major League Baseball. We've got the other thing that's this week. Uh, we haven't covered it a lot. It's not probably worth covering, but the the All Star Game fan balloting. The ballot. Uh, they finished up with phase. One, now they're on phase two, which is just this week only, and yep. then that'll be done. They will announce the rosters, the starters, the pitchers, 
everything else uh, for that tournament, uh, that game up in Seattle with the whole festivities that week uh, coming up here shortly. Like we said, the season is halfway over. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. I would think that the Mets would be moving up. I can't imagine them finishing fourth in the division, but who knows? Uh, the Pirates started off so good. They're, they're in fourth place right now. The Reds are in first. The Twins are in first. How long are these teams going to stay up there? You know, how long are they? How's it shake out? Uh, it's typically right. the team that starts fast uh, has the best uh, luck. Well, and the whole thing that concerns me, I think concerns me about these teams that start fast and go slow, this and that, is I'm scared for some guys. Okay, like like uh, the guy for the Reds, Elliot, they got caught up. He's done a smart plug for the team. He, they're, yep, they just took off. What I'm afraid of, though, for the Marlins, I hope Louis Rice can handle the peer pressure, the media pressure, media pressure. Yeah, I hope he doesn't fold, or the rest of the team doesn't fold from it. Um, not saying he's the reason they're doing well. He could fold and end up at three twenty. They could still finish in second. That that's not what I'm saying. I just hope this doesn't get to him, and he loses focus. I yeah. think he's a smart enough guy. He's not going to, but times are different now than to then. Just quit reading the media pressure. And here's the great thing about Rise batting 400 right now. And I mean this in the nicest way. It's in Miami. It's not New York. It's not LA. It's not that. Chicago. Yeah. It's in Miami. It's a, it's about the best you place know. for him to be. Without uh, you know being in a fishbowl, uh, you're getting the focus, but not nearly the attention that you would on the east or the west coast on every single day being in the newspaper and everything you do is being criticized and analyzed. Uh, he's a it's good ball them, player. Them winning right now is going to put a little more focus on him. So I don't want to wish them losses so he can go back under the radar, but I wish them losses so he can go back under the radar. You know? I think the – it's. I think it's benefiting the other players on the team because the attention is on him yeah. to some extent, not yeah. as big, but yep. everyone else is playing under the radar. They're doing very well as a team. Um, interesting. Interesting. So now this time of year is fun well, because the first half. The of... Go ahead. But they're ripping out the twins for training, them, but the players we got for, for Louie are doing fairly well too. Yeah. The players it's, we got for a rise are the... doing pretty good for the twins. So. Yeah, the big thing is Lopez that we got was kind of the main centerpiece, and he's supposed to be the you know ace or really good, doing really well. He's three and four or three and five or something, average ERA. We have to keep mind him. He's up there in the top five in strikeouts. He's up there yep. in the top five. He is a good pitcher um, or a high average pitcher, but what Luis Arise is doing is out of the out of this world. So it's right. not even going to be close. So it's making it look bad, but. So, Let's be realistic. Yeah, yeah, it it was very good. He's a good, he's a phenomenal uh, athlete. Um, so that's it. The thing I like about this time of year, Andy, is this: the the teams that are falling off, and the fans are going to start looking, you know, away and going into something else, getting distracted. Is the trade deadline's coming up? So now, once like you talk, teams are either buyers or sellers at the trade yep. deadline. Um, there may be some good action going on that's going to impact the playoff run and also some good things moving on that's going to impact the teams that aren't in the playoff run that's going to bring fans and want to watch some of these um, other teams going forward. But um, 
once this all-star game gets done, the rest of the season seems to go fast. Yeah, it does. It goes really fast. Um, so we'll it see. Really quick. Now, Angels, you never know. They're, they're in the playoff hunt, so Donnie and Trout are there for the rest of the year unless, God forbid, something happens to that team and they drop. They've been picking up little players to kind of slowly go along. The Twins are at 500. They got no room to move. Yeah, we, we you don't get rid of Ray Sluice because you don't got a third baseman to save your life. We don't really have we have some guys in the minors to trade, but if the Saints are doing well in the minors, you don't want it to take away from that either. So now what do you think of the Dallas teams there? How their minor leagues? Yeah, what do you think about the Dallas Keuchel pickup for the Twins? I'm okay. They assigned I'm okay him. With it. I'm really surprised that someone else didn't jump on him. It's a class contender. Um, now you get a veteran guy yep. that uh, in the postseason rush uh, down the road, if there are some injuries and he comes up. Left-handed. Be... Left-handed, that's going to be a sweet, sweet thing in the playoffs. And I think that's what they got. Now, would he be – would that? Would there ever be a scenario where they'd pick him up now right before the trade deadline, have him make a couple starts and look good, and then wait for another team to have some injuries to maybe trade now as a trade bait, or would you want to pick him up now to keep him only? I, I think you pick him up to keep him. Um, uh, what's his name? Just came back from Tommy John. Maeda yeah. just came back. He did well for his first start back. I mean, he was doing okay with the Saints, came back, seems to be doing okay. But he's going to be babied along too just coming off Tommy John. Um, so maybe him and Keiko are kind of like a, a – I know it's right left-handed, but those two will take up one spot, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And that Keiko could be, coming yeah, after him in innings because Kent and can go so many there's, innings. There's even talk of Maeda coming back and, and maybe not being a starter. Uh, maybe a long relief, a yeah. middle relief, kind of a, a good guy there in the middle because they have a lot of starters. You know, It'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but Dallas Keiko is an interesting pickup. Uh, for the Twins. In fact, if you want to go see a Saints game in the next couple of weeks and he's pitching, it would be a hell of a uh, chance to see a guy like him play, a former Cy Young. All right. Not, but we'll see. That's true. That's true. That's all I've got for the week. The answer, the trivia. Answer for trivia question. Okay, I got a guess. Was it a strike shortened season? Oh, good, good question, good question. Um, I don't know. No, it was not. Was it okay. Ricky Henderson? Uh, that, led, that'd be the exception. Ricky was. Henderson led. He led the American League in stolen bases from ninety to ninety or eighty to ninety-one. Every single year, he led the stolen base category, except for one. There was one year in there that he wasn't the leader. Can you name the year? I'd say eighty-four because of the strike or eighty. Or ninety because of the strike. So the answer was strike year. I got it was nineteen eighty-seven. Not a strike year, but someone else led the league, and I think it was was it Harold Baines, Harold Reynolds, Harold Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds led the only person other than Ricky Henderson to lead the stolen base category in the American League was Harold Reynolds, uh, other than Ricky Henderson. That's a phenomenal stat. Wow. All right. That's all we got for this week. We'll see you next week, everyone. Um, Have fun. We'll give you some more updates next week, but have a good week.
See ya. See you, bye.